and welcome back to the Smart Health Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Keyes. We are excited to bring back another episode of our A Day in the Life miniseries, and this time we're not highlighting just one employee, but instead a whole unit at our St. Luke's Health Sugarland Hospital. I always really love the the multi-guest uh, interviews. I think they bring a real depth to the story and, and really allow for more conversation on the topic. So I'm really, really excited about this one. Uh, so back in January of this year, St. Luke's Health released an article, which I'll make sure to include in the episode description so you guys can check it out, that uh, celebrated the inclusion of the St. Luke's Health Sugarland Hospital as one of the best hospitals for maternity care in America by money.com uh, as part of a partnership with the LeapFrog Group. And I know that there's a lot to digest there. Um, it's a really long sentence. <laughs> so today, you know, we're going to look to break down some of that, uh, answer the question of why that is also so significant for uh, our, the community that we serve, and then also hopefully showcase the wonderful work of our staff here at the Family Birthing Center of our Sugarland Hospital. So let's welcome our guests. First, we have Lisa Grimes Lewis, who is the Director of Women's Services at our Sugarland location. She has both a bachelor's and master's in nursing and over 30 years of women's services experience. Lisa, thank you for joining us today and uh, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, good morning and thank you for taking time out your busy schedule to interview and meet with us about our amazing unit. So I'm Lisa Grimes Lewis, the Director of Women's Services here at St. Luke's Sugarland Hospital. I have been employed at Sugarland since November of 2017. I initially started off in the quality department because I love educating nurses and I wanted to make sure that nurses were aware of some of the opportunities there were in quality and safety of patients. But soon after that, my amazing CNO saw the need of transferring me to women's services and I've been in the Family Emergency Center since September of 2018. Very cool. Very nice. Next, we have Summer Alexander, who is our OB and neonatal ICU manager. She has over 11 years of experience and a master's degree in nursing administration and a certification in healthcare quality. Summer, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast and tell us a little more. Hi, yes, thank you for having me. My name is Summer Alexander. I am the OB and neonatal ICU manager, but also the neonatal program manager. I have a background in infant care, healthcare quality, and now leadership. I joined this team about a year ago and am so thankful for the opportunity because this family birthing center really has it all and I'm excited to complement the team as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, up next we have Lisa Ann Brown, who is our RN navigator, maternal program manager, perinatal educator, and birth registrar. On top of wearing all of those hats, she also has over 25 years of experience and a bachelor's in nursing. Lisa Ann, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little more. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I am. I do wear all of those hats. Um, the importance of quality, as you'll hear so many times today, is at the forefront because we don't get a chance to redo. Perfection is the only option that we have. So thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll talk more. Yeah, absolutely. Perfection is the only option, absolutely. And lastly, but certainly not least, Jennifer Cage, who is one of our amazing bedside labor nurses and has over 15 years of experience and a bachelor's in nursing. Jennifer, thank you for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little more. Thank you, Kevin. I'm happy to be here. Um, Yes, I have all 15 years of experience in labor and delivery. This is my third hospital and hopefully final hospital Mm -hmm. to be at. 
and I am privileged to be on this unit. Yeah. Well, like I said, I always love the group interviews. This is the one, this is probably the one I've had the most. I think I've done three, but having four is pretty exciting. So, you know, thank you guys for being here. I think this is a great topic. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to highlight all of the wonderful work you've done here and, and, uh, and the outstanding work that has earned you this title. Absolutely. So let's dive in. While all of our A Day in the Life episodes are, are really special, this one I think is pretty cool, like I said, because we have the multiple guests and also the amazing accolade um, that we are excited to share with everybody. But we, uh, before we get into that nitty kind of gritty stuff on the article and money.com and, and Leapfrog Group, you know, I did want to start um, a little bit of that A Day in the Life stuff and get to, to know you guys a little bit more uh, and get really a good picture of what makes the heart of this Family Birthing Center uh, pump. So for each of you, as well as I, I guess as the representing the whole unit, what is a typical day like? You know, how many beds, births, uh, exciting items that may happen? Uh, can you help paint a picture of what a day is really like in the family birthing center for someone who maybe has never been in one? Well, a typical day. I wouldn't say we have typical days because <laughs> each patient is unique. Each one of my staff on my team is unique. All my positions are unique. <laughs> so I wouldn't say typical because every day is, is a special day. So the Family Birthing Center consists of 15 LDRPs. Actually, two of them could be used as an antepartum room. That's like moms who are not getting ready to deliver, but they're high risk and we want to observe them. We have two OR suites. We have a three-bed triage, and we have a five-bed NICU. Our rooms are considered LDRPs, meaning that you labor, deliver, and recover in the same room. Oh, okay. And the patients really, really love that because they don't have to move. You know, when you're coming to have a baby, you bring all kind of special items. So it's easier if you stay in the same room the whole stay. But we do have nurses that are qualified and specialized in certain areas, like our labor nurses, like Jennifer, is um, the labor nurses take care of the patients while they're in labor. And then after they deliver, we have our mother-baby nurses that are experts of taking care of the mom after she delivers. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want to move from the other room to this room now. <laughs> so I, I get it. The parents really, really like <laughs> yeah. staying in the same room. Yeah, absolutely. I bet the baby does too, right? And they the don't want to get dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? So fun fact, we actually opened, reopened our doors on Leap Day of uh, February 29th of 2016. We deliver approximately 1,000 babies a year. Oh, wow. So between 80 to 100 deliveries a month. And as Lisa mentioned, there is no such thing as a typical day. Right. <laughs> I bet there isn't, yeah. I would say that St. Luke's in Sugarland is special. I think a lot of people in Houston want to deliver in the med center. But when you come out here, we're advertised as VIP labor and delivery care. And I think we try to exceed that expectation. Um, you even have access to Lisa's office number and everything. We joke that she's a lady on the wall. Her picture is literally across the room from you. So I think that it's a better patient experience and people leave here and they want to come back and see us. So I think every day, as Lisa said, is a special day on our unit. And one thing that I really enjoy hearing, every time we have a birth, there is a song that plays. There's a, a musical tune that plays not only on our floor, but through the whole hospital to let everyone know that we just welcomed a new life into this world. And it's something that all the staff across the hospital really uh, look forward to hearing throughout the day. They even comment in the halls, oh, y'all have been very busy today. We've heard the song several times and even question when they don't hear the song. So it is something that uh, everybody really takes joy in. 
Yeah. Now we get the same song up at our, our campus as well. And my, uh, my mom just recently volu- started volunteering at our campus. And uh, that song goes off as I was kind of visiting with her one of her first days. And she looks around like, what does that mean? And I go, it means there's a baby that just came into the world. So it's really cool. It is a good, it is a mm-hmm. cool thing to hear. Well, this one is also uh, for all of you. You know, when did you know that you wanted to become, I guess, a nurse, right? You know, there's always seems to be a defining moment, whether that's in nursing school, maybe it was prior to, I've heard other nurses say it was maybe in a healthcare setting for a loved one. You know, what brings you back really wanting to be part of uh, your patient's lives every day? So when I was 13, I actually was a patient in ICU um, pediatric ICU, and the nurses who um, took care of me are the ones who saved my life not the doctors. And so that's when I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to save somebody's life. So when I went to nursing school, I thought I wanted to help old people and save their lives. And then I got attached and I went to everybody's funeral and I was like, I can't do this all the time. So when I was about 18 or 19, I started volunteering at the hospital back home, actually in Bryan College Station. We have a hospital there now with St. Luke's and fell in love with the birthing center. And the director there at the time was like, you're mine. So became um, just a volunteer there and then fell in love with it and came to Houston for a bigger city, bigger opportunity. Very cool. So I don't know that there's a specific defining moment. I think I'm one of the few that were blessed knowing that I wanted to be a nurse. My parents always wanted for me to become a physician and I just knew that wasn't the right path for me. I wanted to be the one to hold their hands and have the time to really be compassionate and empathetic with the patient for them to feel like they truly were part of my family. And so when I went to nursing school and I was in Canada, (laughs) it was a um, long wait to get into labor and delivery. They were the elite of the elite and you had to be the best of the best. And you, as I said earlier, you always strive for perfection and I wanted to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I always grew up thinking I would be a physician, a pediatrician specifically. And then when I was in middle school, my mom was a patient and had a surgery. And so after surgery, I went to visit her and it was an emotional experience. But all through her stay, I realized, okay, the doctor isn't really here that often, but the nurses, who's this amazing person? So I really kind of uh, thought about that and it took a, a different direction for me moving forward in my education. And then going into nursing school, I figured, okay, I wanted to do something with children and I wanted to still keep on the path of, you know, I originally wanted to be a pediatrician. Now maybe I'll do pediatric nursing. But after going through rotation and clinical experience, um, I then fell in love with the infant population and, and just took off from there. Yeah. I initially thought I wanted to be an elementary school teacher because I love kids. And we always joke about this because I'll do all these arts and crafts on the unit and put pictures up and just fun stuff. But my sister had an injury when she was little and my mom had to go to work. So she taught me how to take care of her and then that led into my healthcare career. So I still have the best of both worlds. I get to take care of patients and I still get to be my little teaching side. And then when I was in nursing school, I got a job on a high-risk antipartum unit as a um, nurse tech and then that led to my women's service career. Yeah. Yeah. It's always cool to hear, I think, the stories about where people came from and why they got into what they do. So uh, thank you guys for answering that. So this question is for uh, for Summer and Jennifer. And uh, I think, you know, while it can be very moving, um, it's a question that I almost always ask for our day in the life um, uh, guests. And I think it helps really people see the, the nursing job, how it could be so so multidimensional. Um, but I think it's also really cool to hear some of those some of the stories that 
you would see on the unit. So could you describe to me maybe the best day and in contrast, maybe one of the hardest days of work for you? So I think my best and worst day are the same day. I took care of a family in which their baby was very, very ill. And I had the opportunity to care for this family for consecutive shifts. And on one of my last shifts with this family, this baby was not doing as good as they had been. Um, It was a very emotional time and the family had to make a really tough decision. So that was very hard for me because I had bonded with the family. I had grown to know them. They were there at the bedside the entire time um, through my whole shift. You know, they were working alongside me. But by the end of it all, they were so thankful and so gracious for the amazing care that not only I but the rest of my team was able to provide to them that it really did bring peace and comfort to them. And so that gave me a good feeling, um, even though it, it was a very difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. I think people who always, for, sometimes they forget that it's not always an easy task to just, you know, to work through all of that. So um, absolutely. I think for me, um, definitely a labor nurse is very multidimensional. I feel like sometimes we should have a counselor degree, a psychiatric degree, Uh, best friend award stuff like that so it doesn't just stop when you're at work um the worst days for me there's been quite a few but would be anytime you lose a baby and a lot of people in the public don't really understand that and a lot of moms come in wondering why me but if they really talk to people they would understand that they're not alone it happens more than we want and the best days for me would be when I got to deliver my niece and nephew Oh, cool! Um, and my sister's C-section and see them actually before my sister did, which was cool. And my best friend's twins also, I got to deliver them. So I think getting to take care of your loved ones and be there and be a part of it is days you don't forget. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it, it always is a roller coaster up and down and I'm not a nurse. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it before. My wife is a nurse, so I, I hear some of it, but Everyone has their own roller coaster, and sometimes it can be a wild ride. And um, I appreciate you guys sharing the stories with me and the listeners. Um, all right, now I know we've kind of we've tried to plan this episode for a little while now, uh, but your unit was going through some uh, maternal leveling. So, so Lisa and Lisa, can you both tell me more about I guess what that is, what happens, maybe the the steps that are involved um, before, during, after? I guess really also why it is so important for a department like yours and our community. Well, I'm going to give this one to Lisa Ann because she is the key player in our maternal designation. Take it away, Lisa Ann. All those hats she wears. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away. So maternal levelings of care is actually a state requirement. Depending on what level you are, there's levels one through four. Level one being the lowest risk a hospital can have, essentially taking care of 37 weeks and above. Level two, which is what we are, we take care of patients who are 32 weeks and above. Not to say that we don't take care of um, patients who have a younger gestational age than that, but that is the typical goal of we want them to deliver no sooner than 32 weeks. Level three is kind of that in-between stage. And level four, you're looking at hospitals downtown that they do full operations on moms, babies, in utero, that kind of thing. So the highest that you can think of. As I mentioned, we're level two. We were designated in 2020, and we're redesignated just May 22nd and 23rd, and we went through our leveling. It's very intense. So the state is here. They peruse through all of your charts. They're looking at your credentials, the hospital's credentials, the physician's credentials. There is no stone that is left unturned. They, I'm very proud to say they were extremely complimentary. They know that we are small but mighty. It showed in every aspect of our care. 
in the nurse's documentation and the physician's presence are total collaboration with one another. When it comes to what does it look like, it literally is perusing through all of the charts, making sure that all of our T's are crossed, all of the I's are dotted, that the patient outcomes match what we can take care of. Yeah. No, I know. It's good. It, I wanted to bring it up because um, it's a great opportunity, I think, for you guys to flex your muscles, and even more so, even more so than what we're doing today. And uh, so I wanted to bring up that question because I think um, people don't know some of the stuff that goes on in the background and when the state gets involved and why those things are important. So uh, I think it's it's great. So thank you for, for talking on that. Jennifer. I just want to say, I think these ladies won't brag, but I will about them. We <laughs> had one and maybe even half of a deficiency is what they call it when the um, designation comes in this year compared to last time when we had more. And that doesn't mean that something's wrong with our unit. It's just areas where you can improve so I think that speaks volumes on our unit and kudos to the nursing staff as well because without obviously without our team the unit is nothing um I know that I'm the director lead of the unit but without my team there will be no unit so kudos to the um my team the physicians and then of course Lisa Ann Summer and Dr. Jones our key players yeah Thank you for that. Um, I do want to mention, like, for lo- for level two, there's 128 state rules, uh, and you have to match and meet and exceed all of those rules. So you, you can't just pass, for instance. You have to show that it, time and time again you are providing that quality care. So Yeah, 128. It's nothing to bat an eye at. That's a lot of rules. So, all right. Well, you know, um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, St. Luke's Health Sugarland Hospital recently earned uh, recognition as one of the best hospitals for maternity care in America by money, uh, and that's part of a, the Leapfrog Group. Uh, so, Lisa and Summer, what do you think? What do you both think of this article, uh, the recognition your teams re- received, and, and I guess really what does it mean for the communities that we serve? This recognition and article, what it really means to the community that we serve is that when people read this. I think they feel that this is a safe place to come, safe place to deliver their babies, safe place to bring their families. So this recognition shows that we are providing the compassionate, safe care that our community deserves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this article was really a shock and surprise to me personally. Whenever we received this award, I was still pretty new in my role, and I just couldn't help but think, okay, this is where I need to be. This is amazing, and I'm just so happy to be part of this team. And there were so many congratulations and great job, and y'all are so great that came afterwards, and I could not take credit for any of that. It's not me. It's not any one of us individually. As Lisa stated, this is a team, and it could not have been accomplished without a team effort. And everybody comes in wanting to do their best and really striving to take the best care of these patients day in, day out. I really think that it speaks to the communities as well because whenever they come in and they tell us that, oh, I have had my second baby here now. I've had my third, my fourth, my fifth. That really speaks to the consistency of our great care and really how the community feels about us um, and the longevity of the services that we provide here at St. Luke's Sugarland. 
Yeah, I mean, in, li- in listening to both of you guys, it, it really sounds that this national recognition is, is a huge honor for our dedicated maternity staff and who really deliver that compassionate quality care, like, like you had said, Lisa. And I guess simply put it, it means that our maternity care is recognized among some of the best in the country. So I think that's really what makes this uh, the St. Luke's Health Sugarland Hospital an excellent choice for mom, baby, and family. All right. So, you know, I wanted to also touch on the whole process uh, just so that the listeners can really get an understanding on how awesome uh, this this recognition is. Uh, I understand that the Leapfrog Group is a nonprofit organization that aims to help consumers make, I guess, in, informed decisions about their health by, by analyzing the safety, like Lisa spoke to, um, and that level of high-value care of, of over, uh, I guess, 2,200 hospitals. So, Lisa Ann and Jennifer, how does a hospital make the cut for earning this recognition? Well, first and foremost, it's patient experience. So as Summer mentioned, you know, we have had returning customers, first moms, second moms, third time, and that no- nothing pleases us more to know that um, they've entrusted us numerous times. Um, so patient experience is obviously at our forefront because a happy customer is a returning customer. Um and then quality of care. So we look at various quality metrics. What is your primary C-section rate? What are your episiotomy rates? Um, are you doing early elective deliveries? And we are hitting it out of the ballpark, making sure that uh, all of our patients are, um, again, completely safe. The criteria for earning the recognition is thorough and requires the hospital to carry a letter A or B grade on the LeapFrog Hospital Safety Grade Assessment. Yeah. And people may not know, but I know that uh, the LeapFrog group has these various levels and A or B is usually considered to be top tier for for those those letter grades that they give out. And that is correct. <laughs> and we got an A. <laughs> All right. And, and Jennifer, what do you think? Um, I think, yes, they look at everything like our statistics and stuff, but I think it also speaks back to these patients who come back to us who feel safe. You get to choose your doctor and where you deliver when it comes to care. Um, I know that Lisa, fortunately or unfortunately, has eight nurses who are currently just had their babies or pregnant that work on our unit, and most of them have delivered with us. If they don't, it's not due to the fact that they don't want to. So I know as a newlywed and somebody who will be a mom soon that I will be delivering here as well, and it speaks volumes because you trust where you're at, you're safe, um, you know that you're going to be taken well care of. So. Um, out of 259 hospitals that made the cut, they're a combination of hospitals that provide care for uncomplicated pregnancies as well as hospitals that provide care for high-risk deliveries that offer neonatal intensive care units. So even though we're in the community outside of downtown, we still can deliver you in a safe way and then you still get that VIP care. Um, it speaks volumes for our unit because we are all like a family. And we have an amazing boss who we are here for and will be here for for as long as she is. (laughs) And that speaks volumes for nurses because when it comes to leadership, people come and go like a revolving door. And Lisa has been here for a long time. And I think that shows with an award like this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a stats guy. So I quickly did some stats on on what 259 out of 2200 hospitals is. And even if you were the 259th, you would be in the top 10% of these 22. So that's 2200. So I think that speaks volumes like you said and and uh and in reality, you're probably not 259. So you might even be in the top 5%, right? So I think it it speaks volumes to what what you guys are doing here. Well, thank you all for being here today and um you know, I think it's it's really easy to see why you guys have all earned this recognition and live up to the, the mission and values that we have here at St. Luke's Health. And it is that compassionate hard work that this team brings each day 
that makes St. Luke's Health an easy choice for our communities that we serve. So, you know, thank you again. And, and before we go, is there anything else that you guys would like to say? I just want to um, let everybody know that sharing the birthing experience, it's one of the most private experiences that you can go through. You're, vul- you're vulnerable, you're scared, you're excited, you have all these emotions, and our nurses do a fantastic job of supporting that mom and that family, whatever that family looks like. Absolutely. Um, this is Lisa. I want to say I'm just so proud to be a part of a unit that is passionate about making sure that each patient is safe because quality care is important and we want to keep the patient safe, but they still have to have that compassionate piece to it. So I'm proud to be a proud to be a part of this team. Yeah. I, I look at the the quality part of it as the science and the compassionate part of it as the art. And it really is a combination of the science and the art well that said. makes the whole thing work, right? Well said. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to bringing you more episodes and make sure you click subscribe and, and never miss another episode. Uh, so we'll see you next time. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.